Welcome to the Circularity Edge podcast, where we discuss the latest news and perspectives on the circular economy and issues relating to social, environmental, and economic sustainability. Join us every week when we discuss what's needed to create a sustainable, circular economy worldwide. Now, here is your host, Ken Alston. Hello again, this is Ken Alston with the Circularity Edge podcast. I'm recording this as our lungs are on fire. The lungs of the earth, the Brazilian rainforest, is on fire and burning at a rapid pace. If you didn't know, Google it. Look at the terrible images. Look at the loss of biodiversity. The loss of productive natural resources. The former home to many species, including indigenous Brasileiros. A vital part of the Earth's ecosystem that literally helps keep the air clean, oxygenated, and literally vital for life is on fire. It's a sad sign and reflection of our times that events like these are either ignored or barely last one news cycle. We really need to be stirred out of our complacency and into action. Now, I don't care what your personal politics are, no matter what country you're listening to these words in. But I do care if you remain in a permanent state of ignorance and complacency. I do care if you couldn't care less about important world events, like the worsening negative impacts on our environment, our very home, the earth, from the way that we go about our daily lives. All of these seemingly small things add up into big things. And there are things you can do that take so little of your time but can have a big positive impact. You can email or phone your local politicians. It doesn't take much effort. Tell them you want action on climate change and you want it now. Tell them you want to see steps taken to support the design and implementation of a sustainable circular economy so that we eliminate the concept of waste. It doesn't matter if they don't even know what that is. At least alert them to the fact that there is something called a sustainable circular economy that maybe they can begin to take some steps to educate themselves to make some change to better things all over the world. We can design an economy in which global and local commerce can thrive sustainably, where governments can legislate with a light touch, and where we as buyers and users of products can use products knowing that there's a viable economic next use for the materials at the end of the use phase that the energy we use is clean and renewable, and that our precious fresh water is valued and not polluted along the way. Now to get there, we all need to support organizations financially that are doing things on our behalf to help deal with these many and growing threats to life on our planet. And now that I think about it, you can even support this podcast financially. Contact me if you want to do so. And as I'm recording this podcast episode, I'm in the final stage of preparation for my trip next week to Bogota and Medellin, Colombia. I'm putting the finishing touches together right now to my presentations and getting clear on the messages and the outcomes I'd like to see from my time there. And I'm reminded of a quote by the Colombian writer Gabriel García Márquez who said, No tenemos otro mundo al que podernos mudar. We don't have another world to which to move to. Now I'm spending almost three days at the Universidad del Bosque, 
How ironic is it that I'm speaking of the University of the Forest at the time the Amazon fire rages on? I'll be meeting with deans, faculty, administrators and students and I'll be talking about how we can integrate all of this uh, sustainable circular economy thinking into the curriculum and into all of the activities at the university. And I'll be keynoting the university's conference on social inclusion and meeting with the Ministry of Environment and Sustainability in Bogota. It's set to be a busy and exciting week and one where I hope to report on the positive changes that are happening in Colombia. Let me give you two examples of the terrific work that's going on in Colombia to help create an improved economic outcome for all, including indigenous people, and how an automobile insurance company is doing its part to create a sustainable circular economy. Have you ever eaten blue raspberry food? Maybe a slushy or ice cream? Ever wondered what the dye is that makes it that shimmering blue color? More likely than not, it's an artificial dye. But it doesn't need to be. There's now a safe, natural blue color made just outside of Medellin, Colombia, where a little-known fruit is being transformed into a natural food color. The story starts with indigenous people in Antioquia. Here the tribes traditionally cut down the hagua tree to make low-grade goods like axe handles. Because wood from the hagua tree is a low-grade, low-priced uh, material and the tribe has long been poor. Now an enterprising company with sustainable values has started to make a blue food dye from the fruit of the tree. Now it's not an edible fruit, it was not considered valuable and was either left on the ground to rot or occasionally might be used by the tribe to make a dye to adorn their bodies. Now here's the magic in this situation. The fruit is more valuable now than the low quality wood from the tree. The tribe actually makes more money does not have to chop down the tree and can earn even more money than they were before. So now they have an incentive to plant more trees, to generate more fruit and to live more sustainably and with a higher income. It's a win for the tribe, it's a win for the enterprising company making the food dye and it's a win for us as consumers if we make sure to ask for blue raspberry foods using a natural safe color. Next, the Colombian insurance agency, Sura, is working uh, to take ownership of vehicles that are deemed to be insurance losses after accidents. They pay out the insurance claim, they submit the paperwork to take ownership of the vehicle, and once this is done, they ship the car or motorbike to their reclamation center. They do an excellent job of removing all the fluids carefully, respecting the environment and in recovering as much value as possible from the vehicle. Where viable and of high quality, parts may be resold for another use or sent for their scrap value. Unfortunately, despite all their valiant efforts, they suffer the same problem that the waste industry faces from the current take, make, sell, buy, use and waste linear business model. Namely, that they're limited by the lack of design for recovery, design for disassembly, and design for next use that is missing from all the current designs and the current infrastructure for all the products we use. And inevitably, as they did not have any say in the car or back design, the insurance company can only do their very best to make, as we say, a silk purse from a sow's ear. 
So now we're talking about going to the next level and starting a dialogue with automakers to start putting pressure on them to improve the reutilization potential of their vehicle so that ultimately, in the ideal world, we can totally eliminate the concept of waste. So this is Ken Alston signing off, about to head to Colombia, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Circularity Edge podcast when I'll be sharing my reflections from Colombia, South America. Goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Circularity Edge podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play to get new, fresh weekly episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or visit our website at www.kenalston.com. Until next time, bye circular. Circular.